fourth generation Wyomingite. Raised on her family uh, ranch outside of Fort Laramie. And she learned the values of hard work, honesty, and integrity. Harriet knows what hardworking men and women of Wyoming deserve, a leader who shares their values and will not bow down to the pressures of the liberals and government. She's a practicing attorney for over 30 years. She's a graduate of UW. Right for the brand, right for the brand. She got her BS in business management and her Juris Doctorate from the College of Law, University of Wyoming. Harriet's a fighter for Wyoming, and we all know that. So let me just say, let's all give her a warm Wyoming Republican welcome. Our nominee, Harriet Pagerman. Thank you. Oh my gosh, it is so wonderful to be here. And it is so wonderful to see so many people, uh, new friends, old friends, people I've been acquainted with for a long time, people I met on the campaign, and all of you. I want to thank you to the Sheridan County Republican Party. You are an inspiration. You just really are uh, what, what the rest of the state aspires to in terms of your dedication to the cause to our Republican ideals, and to your willingness to work so hard to protect our freedoms, our liberty, and our republic. The last year has been interesting, to say the least, and I cannot believe that we are now on the eve of the midterm elections for, 2000, for 2022. I have had the honor of traveling the state of Wyoming over the last 13 months. I have covered over 45,000 miles and I have held more than 250 public events. I have done that because I believe in our constitutional republic, a representative form of government. And I don't know how you can represent the people if you don't know what they're thinking. Hallelujah. I have spent my time visiting with my fellow citizens, talking about the important issues that we are facing, and listening to your concerns, your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations, and I've been answering your questions. I will be forever grateful for the opportunity to represent the great state of Wyoming and to serve you as your next representative in Congress. I will also be honored to serve our country as we fight to right this ship that has gone dangerously off course. The fact is that we have a great task ahead of us, all of us, from those who serve on our school boards, to our city councils, to our county commissioners, to our legislators, to our governor, to our other top elected officials, and to those who, who serve us in Congress. We have a great task that has been, been even, has been made even tougher in the last two years because of the absolute disaster of the Biden, Pelosi, Schumer administration. We have an open border, inflation, the likes of which we haven't seen since the last failed Democrat administration of Jimmy Carter. 
Crime is spiking across the country, and we have an all-out war on our energy industries and our energy independence. This administration, in other words, has destroyed every single thing that it has touched. And we are at a crossroads as to whether we will be able to correct course or become yet another country that limps along while looking to the globalists who control the UN, the WHO, and the World Economic Forum for more bright ideas as to how to get out of this mess while ignoring the fact that they were the ones that got us into the mess in the first place. We have a choice. We can make the right decision on November 8th and elect Republicans up and down the ticket, or we can make the wrong choice and allow the Democrats to continue doing continue their long march through our institutions while they destroy, they destroy everything that we hold dear. The fact is that for quite some time, our Constitution has been under serious assault from the left and from those who not only seek to rewrite our history, but are incapable of understanding why the United States is the greatest country in the history of the world. We did not, in other words, just arrive at this moment in time in the last few months or even the last few years. We have been headed down the wrong road for quite some time, and it really is time to choose. But in order to choose, we must recognize some very basic, unassailable facts. Very simply, America was built on freedom, on liberty, on individual autonomy and responsibility. And on the concept of limited government, one that is of, by, and for the people. Our Constitution, and including most specifically our Bill of Rights, was built brick by brick on the belief that we are imbued with certain natural rights that are innate in us from the moment of conception. A recognition that our rights of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to be secure in our homes and papers, our rights to due process, equal protection, and the absolute right to own property and control our destiny, those rights come from God. They do not come from the government. And the reason that that is so important is that if our rights do not come from the government, the government can never take them away. Not for what our leaders may describe as the greater good, or to slow the spread, or to protect us from the unknown. Those rights are sacrosanct, regardless of what an unelected bureaucrat or government leader may tell us. Over the last two and a half years, we have been confronted with an existential threat to our very existence as Americans, to our way of life, to our governing philosophy, to our heritage, and as a free people. Our state and gov federal government's response to COVID-19 has laid bare the tyrannical tendencies of bureaucratic dictators who seek to control our lives, our families, our businesses, our houses of worship, and our schools. But COVID-19 has also laid bare the weakness of our elected officials, those who took an oath to uphold both our Wyoming and our federal constitutions, but who were cowed into submission by public yeah. health officials who never took into consideration the long-term damage exactly. that they were going to cause. Yeah. 
guess I am looking directly at Anthony Fauci, but he's not the only one. And while I am glad that he is resigning his post as the director of the NIH when in Congress and hopefully on the Judiciary Committee, I can't wait to invite him back. Well, I believe that so many of us over time have comforted ourselves with the idea that it could happen here. We now know for a fact that it can, and we must fight to retake our country and the promise that our founders gave us, the promise of self-governance and a government that answers to the people, to the voters, to the citizens, and not the other way around. Exactly. Unfortunately, there are many other threats to our country and to our freedoms, threats that are destabilizing to those of us uh, the, and our country as a people and threats to our future as a constitutional republic. The Biden administration is a constitutional disaster, the likes of which we've never seen before. An administration that th at this point makes no effort to adhere to even the most rudimentary constructs of what we call the rule of law. An administration that believes it can, by presidential fiat and executive order, take 30% of our real property out of production in an effort to fight global warming while refusing to explain how destroying our ability to feed ourselves and produce energy will actually accomplish anything other than furthering government-imposed poverty. An administration that believes that the President of the United States, a person who is solely tasked with carrying out the law as written by Congress, can forgive student loans and force every other hardworking American of this country to foot the bill. While ignoring the trillion dollar price tag and also ignoring the fact that it is only going to make college that much more expensive. An administration that ignores the mandate of the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution and seeks to, just deny our, to, seeks to deny our God given right to defend ourselves. And an administration that has imposed unlawful vaccine mandates against our federal employees, our federal contractors, and our healthcare workers, screaming that it is for our own good. While at the same time pushing forward with the most radical abortion policy in the history of the United States, demanding that there is a right to kill a child up until the moment of birth. And while also suppressing any information that would call into question the efficacy and safety of the vaccines, an administration that has worked tirelessly to suppress our ability to speak as guaranteed by the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and an administration that has conspired with Silicon Valley oligarchs who run social media to suppress the conservatives among us. As a side note, I want you to know that my law firm, the New Civil Liberties Alliance, has sued, is part of the lawsuit with the state of Missouri and Louisiana, and we sued this administration over their suppression of the First Amendment. It's the lawsuit that has been in the news lately. And Anthony Fauci, we received an order from the court today allowing us to depose Anthony Fauci and 10 other officials from that administration. There is a reason that our founders set forth in the First Amendment our freedom of speech and our freedom of religion, because from those two entitlements come every other right. We cannot decry due process tyranny if we don't have the right to speak. And we cannot express our fealty to our creator rather than the government without the freedom of religion. The Biden administration knows that if they can prevent us from communicating, they can prevent us from fighting back. 
But we don't find ourselves in this moment in time simply because of the pandemic. Congress itself has created the framework for the demise of our republic, form of our Republican form of government. And I don't mean Republican in the sense of a political party, but the Republican form of government that has been guaranteed to us in our United States Constitution. A representative republic where our elected officials are answerable to us. Congress has abdicated its legislative responsibility to unelected bureaucrats at a warrant of federal agencies. And what has this wrought? An EPA declaring an irrigation ditch as a navigable water of the United States, thereby preventing farmers from maintaining the infrastructure on their property so that they can grow the food to feed us. A war on our domestic energy producers by individuals who have never produced anything in their lives other than words on a piece of paper and a United States Forest Service that no longer measures production in terms of board feet of lumber produced, but in the number of trees burned and the pine beetle outbreak. And those are just to name a few. We have the USDA instructing schools that they will either adopt radical gender ideology or they will withhold their school lunch money. Now you think about that. You think about that. We have a USDA who is saying that either our school districts allow boys to shower with girls or they're gonna starve our kids. Who would have ever given the USDA the authority to do that? No one did, yet that's where we are because Congress has failed to step up and act. We have an SEC that does not evaluate companies based on their adherence to providing the best return on the investment, but on whether they have adopted the right ESG or environmental social governance policies that would satisfy the gender studies programs at Oberlin. We have, in short, a government that is run by the so-called experts, experts that are in the process of intentionally destroying our prosperity and our greatness. Experts who have adopted policies that are designed to increase the cost of food, housing, and energy. And experts who believe that human suffering is a virtue for, for all of us, but not for them. Congress is the branch responsible for legislating, and it must reclaim that responsibility. And that will be my number one priority when I hit Washington, D.C. <laughs> Congress must retake the reins of governing in this country, and it must stop lamenting the expansion of the administrative state and finally do something about it. Throughout our history, the United States has been known for adhering to the rule of law, equal protection, due process. And these are the things that have always set us apart. Yet that is not what we're dealing with right now. In the last couple of years, we have experienced the abject misery and turmoil that abounds when you have a two-tier justice system, yeah. one that applies to the elites, the so-called untouchables among us, and one that applies to everyone else. Hunter Biden can strike shady deals with foreign businessmen selling access to his powerful father and smoke crack cocaine on video, but many January 6th defendants are held in jail without trial in abhorrent living conditions without access to even the most basic of rights as guaranteed by our Constitution. And our political elite celebrate their suffering. The Clintons run a multi-generational, multi-million dollar slush fund with foreign donors while the FBI raids former President Donald Trump's home as part of a partisan investigation and witch hunt. And the January 6th committee can boast of protecting the Constitution while they run a kangaroo court with no due process, no right of confrontation, no right of cross-examination of witnesses, and no one representing the views of President Trump or his followers. It is quite obvious that the January 6th committee isn't about ferreting out the truth. It is to deliver a political narrative. 
that narrative, one that has already been written, one that was developed for primetime TV, and one that has been orchestrated and choreographed. It isn't about protecting our Constitution. It is about undermining the very foundation of it. We are at an extremely difficult, uncertain, and precarious moment in time. So what do we do about this mess that we're in? Well, I have some ideas. We do not, we make clear that we will no longer tolerate the rewriting of American history. We do not tolerate the vilification of people because of the color of their skin or because of their sex. We do not allow the most ignorant among us to make the policies that govern our lives. And perhaps most importantly of all, Congress must take back its rightful responsibility as the legislative branch of our government. Congress must pass legislation to rein in the out-of-control, unelected, and unaccountable bureaucrats. Congress must exercise its power of the purse and stop running scared every single time that we have yet another agency, an NGO, or a politician tell us that if we don't uh, fund them to the tune of billions of dollars, the world is going to explode, our children are going to suffer tragedy beyond anything we've ever seen before, and that life on earth as we know it will end. We've got to stop running scared. I know that my speech tonight is not about all roses and honey and sunshine and lightness, but we don't have the luxury of acting like this, like things aren't in rough shape right now. I cannot stand up here and in good conscience talk in platitudes. I have too much respect for you, and I love my country too much to not lay everything out on the line as to where we are. Because the only way we're going to fix this mess is if we are willing and tough enough to acknowledge it and to honestly identify the problems so that we can work tirelessly to turn the ship around. I believe that every single person in this room understands the situation that we are in. I had a conversation tonight with a lot of the students that are in this room. Talk about some of the toughest questions I've encountered on the entire campaign trail. <laughs> I don't think I'll be going back there anytime soon. I'm just kidding. They were fabulous. These kids know what's going on. They understand what's going on, and they're worried about their future, and they're rightfully worried about their future. And I'm not going to have it on my watch where these children have less freedom and liberty than I was raised with. We have an obligation to them. We have an obligation to protect what the United States of America is for their future and their children's future. And I believe that every single one of you is willing to do your part to fight back to protect your family, your community, your state, and your country. And because I know you, and I know your hearts, and I know why you're here, I'm actually very optimistic about the ultimate success that we're going to have. And while I know this isn't going to be easy, and I think things are very well going to get worse before they can get better, I also understand that because of our Constitution, because of what, what our forefathers did, they fought the British. They gave their everything so that we could reap the benefits of what they did. Our Constitution is the greatest governing document ever written because it is based upon one simple idea, and that is individual rights. Amen. Freedom, liberty, self-governance, responsibility. Our Constitution and what it stands for is embedded in our very selves, our identity, our philosophy, our national culture, and who we are as people. 
In America, we control our own destiny. We decide what happens next. We have the power to determine whether we remain the bright shining city on the hill or we become a footnote in history and just another experiment in self-governance. Personally, I know what decision we're gonna make. We are going to return to our constitutional foundation, freedom, liberty, limited government. That isn't only our history, but it is very clearly our future and our destiny. Thank you, thank you to our founders, and thank each of, and every one of you for fighting to make sure that America remains the greatest country in the world.